Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, movie musings for mostly everyone. Listen as these boys attempt to unravel the clues I have so expertly hidden in this film. And remember, where there's a mystery, you can always find me, Mr. E. Two chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your hunk. Oh, I'm Doge, and I have a regurgitative reaction to hunks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Carter, and I spoke in the car about the hole at the center of this dough chunk. And yes, what you and Harlan did that fateful night seems at first glance to fill that hole perfectly. A dough chunk hole in the dough chunk's hole. But we must look a little closer. And when we do, we see that the dough chunk's hole has a hole in its center. It is not a dough chunk hole at all, but a smaller dough chunk with its own hole. And our dough chunk is not a hole at all. (laughs) That is my favorite line in this movie. I. It was funny. Chelsea and I had a weird... Situation. We were also there with our friends Vincent Mariah Kelly. We were the only four in a packed studio laughing at that. Like we were the only four in that theater laughing out loud at that part. And I just it I think me. that's hilarious. That's such good writing. Yeah. It, it, it really is. It, I think we'll get to it. I think it's good writing that a lot of people did not appreciate because of how over the top it was. And that's yeah. on them. And they need to figure themselves out. They need to figure speaking themselves of, out. Speaking of good writing. Yes. It's it's probably bad writing that our show's called Two Chunks and a Hunk, but this episode, judging by our intro, sounded like two hunks and a chunk. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So I guess it is my duty at this point to ask why. Like how am I how am I I'm not gonna say left out, but how mm-hmm. did you how did you no, I'd, love, I'd love it if you felt left out? <laughs> it's, it's because in the spirit of sleuthing, about six months ago, was it Jordan? Probably. Maybe. Uh, my wife did some sleuthing and right. discovered that this day, today, the day of our recording, September 25th, is mine and Jordan's friend anniversary, and she like put it on my calendar. So it was the Aww. first thing I saw on my phone when I woke up this morning. Uh, was it six years ago? No, dude, it was eight years ago. Good grief, was it really? Yeah. Eight years ago. Wow. We... Uh, I'm sure we've told this story on the show before, right? Of the first time we hung out and then didn't hang out again for about eight months. That sounds right. Yeah, I, I think there's no way we haven't told the story, but basically... So, are y'all counting the first time you hung out as your friend anniversary? My wife is, and no. she's the detective. Oh, no. Then I think this is wrong. You weren't friends. No. If you no. hung out once and then didn't hang no, out again we for eight months. You weren't there. No. We were you weren't Twitter there. friends, dude. Oh, gosh. You weren't there, Carter. It was... Yeah. It was our meet cute. Then that's what you should call it. Don't well, call it a friend okay. anniversary. I'll tell you what, Carter. You, your skin tone, your hair, and your eyes allow you to wear a lot of colors, but green does not look good on you. Mm, it's just like you're jealous. <laughs> I can smell the peanut butter <laughs> and the jealous floating off of you right now. Mm. Look, Doge and I, we climbed into the Nissan Titan rest and rip for all eternity. And No, dude, my dad drives that car now. Well, might as well be dead then because dads <laughs> drive cars that... Uh, it is Old. Yeah, dads drive cars that have one foot in the grave pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, but I we we climbed into the Nissan Titan. We drove to the furthest Best Buy uh in the far reaches of the Sahara Desert, I believe, uh, in order to pick up three very different uh CDs, because it was still that time. And uh put them in the six CD changer of my car. 
listen to him on the way back to campus. That's true. Silver spoon. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, I don't brag about much, but when I do, it's my, it's about my (laughs) the six CDs I could have at one time in my 2006 Nissan Titan in 2012. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. Well, congrats on the first time y'all met in the anniversary of that. But that friend of ours won't come until eight months from now. So Man, have this have, is such, have just put that on the calendar, dude. It is such a bad look for you right now, man. But <laughs> I'm so embarrassed for you right now. Car- I feel like Carter, you're coming I to me and you're bad. like, you're like, do the right thing, Marta. Give us back our inheritance. And it's like, no, dude, this was given to me. It's mine now. My pod, my rules. They're my they're my resources, Carter. <laughs> I can I can hire all the help I need with my resources. Carter has Carter left the building. just left. He just straight up left. Okay, I'm back. I left. I just decided I couldn't take it anymore, but then I missed y'all immediately. Oh, <laughs> now it's our friend anniversary according to your rules. The to, first time to, yeah, no, actually other. what's interesting is today's the think anniversary. The first time I thought about having two friends. <laughs> wow. What a special day for me, guys. <laughs> Look, I think uh that we still have a dark and nefarious overlord that will be furious if we don't talk about the final movie of our Mr. E series. Wait, no, sorry. We decided that Mr. E was going to take a turn and become a hero at the last second so that we didn't have to be afraid of him anymore. <laughs> so what I meant what I meant to say is Mr. E has inspired us to the point where I would feel bad not talking about this movie, the final movie yes. in our Mr. <laughs> e series, which is known as Knives Out. Out. And uh, there is no way that I can legally talk about any movie unless Doge gives me first a synopsis. Guys, we've read we've read some work uh, by acclaimed synopsisizer Nick Reganus before on the show. Nick Reganus went off Nick, on this movie. Nick, wait, what? Like in a bad way? <clears throat> no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He okay. snapped. He poured some special sauce on his magic synopsis <laughs> fingers and churned out something truly, truly great. Nick, Nick Reganus writes, Nothing could blemish the otherwise lavish birthday party at the palatial estate of the acclaimed crime and mystery novelist Harlan Thromby, except for his strange and unaccountable death. Now, the sharp knife in the silver-haired deceased's hand is a dead giveaway that something or someone had been bothering Harlan. Nevertheless, the cryptic detective, Benoit Blanc, is not entirely sure. Indeed, there is more than one member of the successful author's clingy family who has been economical with the truth so far. And as Blanc struggles to shed light on a tangled mess of half-baked leads and little white lies, all eyes are on the grand prize, Harlan's magnificent legacy. Can Benoit get to the bottom of this perplexing case before someone else dies too? How do Aga- we Agatha get this Reganus. guy on our podcast? Nick Reganus. Goodness Nick Reganus. gracious. I think I think he would be interested. He I love be, this guy. He needs to be he needs to be out there. I think Nick Reganus is likely a Shakespeare situation where it's many, many wonderful authors because Nick Reganus has Thousands of IMDb synopsises. Maybe maybe the last name is actually Ragana, and it's Nick Ragana's. Like there's it's multiple. Every of single them. every single All Nick Ragana in the whole world, they share one IMDb account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like yeah. I, that's the only feasible explanation for how many movies this dude reviews. It's got to be. There's too much work to be done by one man in this amount of time. Yeah. Absolutely. Very much. Does he have like, is there like an artist profile on IMDb where we can just look at everything he's done? Where I could subscribe to Nick Regana. Yeah. Every time he reviews a movie, I want it to email me and be like, hey, (laughs) Nick's Nick's back. Check it. Let's check it out. So Nick Reganus has, uh, wow, has written a synopsis for, are you ready for this? 4,575 titles. Ooh. I don't know that I have watched. I definitely that many haven't watched titles. That, that many movies. Could That's he be amazing. writing individual episode reviews? I wonder. Uh, could be. Because you think if you include episodes of TV shows, then I've definitely watched that many titles. <clears throat> he, I think he may have done one for every movie we've watched on our show. That's incredible. Oh, I'm sure. What, what a hero! What speaking a hero. of heroes, let's talk about 
Detective Bennett Blanc. Yes. Bennett Blanc. Yes. So to kick things off with a movie this recent, something I like to ask is, did we all see this in theaters? I did. This was I the last well. movie that I saw in theaters. Yes, before well. The air turned sour. The sun Rest cold. in R.I.P. I, I think this was, watching for the podcast, I think this was my fourth time. This was only my second. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think this was my fourth time watching this movie. And it uh, has not managed to lose any steam for me, which is interesting. Because that means it's been four times in less than a year. Yeah. Which yeah, is a lot. It came out in me. December, right? Last December. Mm-hmm. Wow. It hasn't even been out for a year. Yeah. And that's crazy? crazy to me. Well, this last year has been both <clears throat> 10 years and one week. So <laughs> that's, that's true. very true. That is you know, very true. Things are, things are confusing, but I, um, I don't know. I remember, I feel like I almost am not capable of talking about this movie without zeroing in on Rian Johnson just for a minute. Um, is it Rian or Ryan? I believe it's Rian. Mm. Um, the, the last movie he had done prior to Knives Out was, uh, uh, The Last Jedi, which we have talked about in depth and my feelings on have not changed. However, I am forced to say that I think that movie might just be the exception and not the rule with Mr. Johnson, because literally every other thing he has done, I love. Yeah. Here's the thing with The Last Jedi. If you put if you put Cristiano Ronaldo on a basketball court and you're like, hey, go play in the NBA, he's gonna do a bad job. Right. He's better still, than a lot of people a would. Great athlete. Yeah. Right. Better than a lot of people would, but he will do not a great job compared to everybody else on the court. Right. The improper takeaway from that is that Cristiano Ronaldo is a bad athlete. I think the correct takeaway is that, hey, somebody in charge of putting him where he was put him in the wrong spot put him in the wrong spot and didn't understand his strength. Totally. Let's put him somewhere he can excel and he will really excel. Yeah. And that's all the sports I know. That's it. That's the end of my sports <laughs> knowledge. No, I, I think you're dead on. My, when I was thinking about this last night, literally my thought was, of course, my analogy went food, but my thought was like, if you take, if you take like the greatest pizza chef, like whoever you want to say it is, but somebody who like is known for making the world's best <clears> pizza. <throat> and then you throw them in like a barbecue competition. That's not their skill set. Yeah, I think I think right. it, that's just what it is. And I think Rian Johnson is at his best when you can remove limitations and say, yeah, just kind of make what you want. And in a well, pre-existing even universe, episodes, you can't do that. Even his Breaking Bad episodes, he excels at subverting the tropes. And, and gosh, I don't want to talk about subverting expectations because that phrase has become poison to my mouth. Right. But he excels at subverting expectations. Like his, his episode, The Fly, uh, that he directs at Breaking right. Bad. I think it's actually just called Fly. Yeah, I think it's um, phenomenal. Is is one of my favorite episodes of the Same. show, but he subverts my expectation because nothing happens in that episode. Right. You yeah. know? Uh, and and I think he does that well here. Like, this is not an established universe, but we have all, we watched Clue, every single one of us read, yeah. and then there were none in middle school. Like, we're, we're all really familiar with this kind of story. Right. And so it, he excels when he's able to take what we think is coming and give us something else. Yeah, the the Last Jedi is tough because it's impossible to pull. You you can't separate what he did from the rest of Star Wars. Right, right, right. But there are moments that are still very Rian Johnson. Like sure. there's things that he do that he do. There's things that he does that do. um, are. I won't say some of my favorite parts of the whole series, but some of the most memorable. Sure, and, and not in a I bad agree, way. Like yeah. if you're just taking a frame. Or a scene or something. I mean, the the salt planet, you have the... And then I also, even though narratively, it wasn't something we were all excited about, but just having the scene of the warp speed through, the light speed through sure. another sure. ship. Yeah. But I think you take that, that same ingenuity and that same <clears throat> fun and that same... Um, because there there is an element of necessary um, uh, irreverence, I think, with Rian Johnson. Like, nothing is too sacred to mess with the formula. And so when you apply it to something like a mystery, an Agatha Christie style mystery story, what you get, guy, I'm going to be honest, it's so good. It's, it is. Yeah, it really is. It is fun. It is like you even, so you end up with these things like um, with Ana de Armas' character, with Marta, you end up with these moments 
that are so interesting. We have, um, I'll give you an example because I love the way that the movie sets us up at the beginning. Um, it was the first 35 minutes were almost my super pump just for how unique it feels. Um, everything basically being done through either talking head interviews or flashbacks. That's it. Yeah. Um, but I love during our interviews at the beginning when we get the different versions of the same event. So it's yeah. a different group of people blowing out the can or laying down the cake for Harlan, or um, it's uh, everybody saying, you know, I, I, I got outvoted. I wish you were invited to uh, the, the funeral, funeral or things Jeez. like things like, um, uh, Oh, I, I can't, I remember his character's name. Hold on. Hold on. Richard. Uh, yeah. When things like Richard, um, the subtle racism of never getting Marta's uh, country of origin. Correct. Oh, everybody does that. Yeah. Right. Jeez. Don Johnson, his character. Yeah. yeah. And so there, there's just so much brilliance here in the way that the story is being laid out so that I, I think in a, in a lesser director or a less creative method, um, the twist in the middle is not as powerful yeah. because, but because of the way Rian Johnson has laid it out, we are basically told from the beginning to expect, Hey, don't really trust any information you have yet. Yeah. Yeah. Even though uniquely halfway through, we feel like we know who has actually committed the murder. Yeah. We right. never lose suspects somehow. Right. Yeah. There are That's still really people that can yeah. be guilty of something. Right. Uh, and it's because they're all awful. They're yeah, all they're not all the awful. best. They really are. <laughs> they remind me of, uh, apparently there's a lot of money to be made in publishing novels because they remind me of Amy's parents in, yes. in Gone Girl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And with a little bit more of a comedic spin. But I think what's, yeah. I think it was so smart to have all of our suspects all be family. Yeah. Because what that also does is gives us an easy window to kind of have any relation, like relate to just bickering amongst people that know each other really well. Yep. And so all of the, uh, all of the interviews at so the beginning smart. set up their dynamics so well, like you're talking about, like the way um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character gets so offended that anybody would suggest that her brother built anything from the ground up. Um, yeah. And the way, but she wants to claim that she built her real estate empire from the ground up. Right. Yeah. With a, a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah. That joke was nice. Um, but the, the funny thing is amidst all of these fantastic, this ensemble is just great. In the hey, that's family, why they made my list, man. In the family, <laughs> to me, the two standouts are Don Johnson and Tony Collette. In the really? family, yes. Really? I was about to say Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Shannon. See, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Shannon are, in a weird way, they play the straight men like they are the the almost most down the middle of anybody in the family. Like there's some jokes, but to me, Don yeah. Johnson and Tony Collette are the ones that are allowed to go off the rails um, yeah. and are so interesting. And Tony Collette can just do anything. I'm convinced. Yeah, absolutely. She's great. For me, it was, it was, if we're picking the two, it would be Michael Shannon and Don Johnson. So yeah. I'm kind of a mix of the two mm -hmm. of y'all. Yeah. But <clears throat> Don Johnson is 71 years old. What? Wow. He was he was uh, 70 when this movie was made and Chris Plummer was 89. What? Wow. Isn't that crazy? Don Johnson is 70. He does not look 70. That's like when I found out Eugene Levy was that age. Yeah. Dude, Don Johnson could have played 56 in that movie. I know. No problem. Yeah. Goodness it's gracious. It's just his energy. I think his energy throughout the whole thing. I think I think you might be right. And I feel, how old is I need to look. How old is Michael Shannon? Oh, he's not that old. I love, uh, from what I was reading, Rian Johnson, once they got into the momentum of their characters, any of these actors in this ensemble, if they had added something or fought for something for that character's sake, uh, Rian was often like obliged because he's like, I think you're right. Right. And so mm. I, I would love to know the environment that he set, you know, I'd, sure. I'd love to have a behind the scenes of what had everybody bought in so well. And, Obviously, it's the casting. Like, if I could super pump the casting director, I, I almost did that. Yeah. Because you don't get just a ton of... I mean, it's it's all, <clears throat> excuse me, recognizable people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's not just... It's not Ocean's Eleven. It's not just full of all these massive... Right, it's not a Chris, ton of A-listers. Chris Evans and Daniel Craig are probably the biggest. Because Jamie Lee Curtis is huge, but she's kind of coming out of it. And then, But Michael Shannon's huge to people that know movies better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You and have to know. I'll tell you, Michael Shannon, Doge, to your, to your point, Michael Shannon and Jamie Lee Curtis 
are two people that I don't know that I have ever disliked in anything they no, have done. They could do They're anything. also two people that I don't know that I ever would have expected to see in the same movie. Right. Well, and that's, dude, okay, so in this <clears throat> you know, movie- like if, if we say it's, it's Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Chris Evans, Christopher Plummer, and Daniel Craig <laughs> right. in a movie, and Knives Out doesn't exist, I'm telling you those five people are in a movie, you're thinking I'm crazy. Yeah, or at least this is going to be a weird movie. Yeah. But I, I, I think something, Carter, you just brought up that is so interesting- I don't know that there's a single person in this movie that I saw for the first time in this movie besides maybe Marta's immediate family. Yeah. Like yeah everybody Meg, that's heavily I, Meg involved. Meg was recognizable, but I don't remember. Isn't Meg she the Frobby. 13 Reasons, 13 why, reasons girl? why? Okay. Yeah. I never so watched I it, but I knew who she was. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah, true. I think everybody in the cast, I was like, okay, I've seen them somewhere. And that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that something that would be good to talk about because there is so much to talk about would be some side characters and let's go ahead and get them out of the way because um, somebody that I want to continue see blowing up for the rest of forever is Lakeith Stanfield. Yes. I want him. He'll show up again in our, in our, Yeah, we're going to see him again in a couple weeks. That's true. I just want him in everything. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of it, like bringing good energy, that dude is so good at, being frazzled or or like not even frazzled so much as just like okay now go back for me like yeah let's hit so that like a little time. bit over his in over yeah. his head yeah yeah totally. finds himself in these situations that are totally wild lakeith delivered like, lieutenant elliot delivered some of the which is one of my favorite things in movies of someone kind of taking the part of the audience like he's reacting how we are to certain things and he's right in the middle of all of it like his exclamations when something crazy happens. He's like, oh, you know, and just like <laughs> when we start to see Marta puke for the first time, you know, he's he's very genuinely reacting yes. in that sense. Um, speaking, that. speaking of an audience analog, Trooper Wagner. Trooper Wagner yeah, is the unsung good. hero of this ensemble I cast. agree. <laughs> Noah Segan is, is this like completely incapable. He shouldn't have this job fangirl in this situation like he is really not he is a uh go get me coffee kind of character 100 yeah absolutely that happens to be a part and of one of them story. donuts and with the a, little sprinkles on top yes and it's yeah. yeah very good and it's just it's it's i think it's kind of brilliant to have him be a part of it i, I don't agree. know it's so good like even down to the like hamilton Huh? Yeah. You want, like Gosh. that. Immigrants. Thing. We get the Don Johnson voice. <laughs> Gosh, he is so slimy. He's the so worst. He good is, at but being after slimy. after he says that, he immediately drops in. Yeah. Saw it at the public. Just yeah. trying to a little bit like, yep, yeah, I got that privilege. There is there is an element, I think, in these characters and the way that they all kind of suck, the way that they are obviously heightened, but they're they're these heightened versions of archetypes of people you know. You know exactly. what? Exactly. There was parts of me that thought, Doge, I'm glad you brought up things that we read like in high school. Um, I think it was something that I read as a freshman in college, but this felt a lot like the Canterbury Tales to me. Yeah. Um, we have all these people kind of on a journey and they kind of exi- like exemplify awful characteristics of yeah, ourselves. Archetypes. Yeah. yeah. We've got greed and we've got prejudice. And right. it'd be fun to kind of go through every single one of these and and kind of tick off and see how many of those deadly if, sins they see are see if we could get a deadly sin yeah yeah that'd be interesting but it, it is so good and i can't believe this is an original script like that I love it. dude it's unique you know we had we just had our nolan series that were like how does somebody think of that you know putting that puzzle together this is as much of a puzzle as anything nolan's ever done to me in a sense it's not as as mind bending i guess but to take that i love that we book ended our series with clue and then yes. Knives Out, which are two different trope interpretations. Yeah. Right? They're both kind of, of send-ups of the, the genre. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar and very different. Um, and yeah, you can tell that Rian Johnson loves mysteries. So this was nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. That Good. was it. That was it. That was it. It did lose that Oscar Parasite won Best Original right. Screenplay. Right. Eh, what are you going to do? I, it's I, I have a hard time being upset about that because Parasite absolutely rules. Look, this is this type of movie falls into that category to me of like, I, it's not it's not going to win anything. I, I, I don't feel like it was ever going to win anything, but it's just good. And, and I think that there are, in the same way that like, you can watch a comedy like Game Night, which is really smart, really well written, really well acted. Gosh, Game Night's so good. And it's I not going to win anything. Again. 
it's just good. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes I think that I, at least I can be guilty of leaning too hard on like award heat instead of just yeah, being you can't like, help but do that. Yeah. Especially when you got a movie podcast. Right. <laughs> but then I watch something like knives out and I'm like, I start to be like, I can't believe it wasn't nominated. But when I step back, I'm yeah. like, actually I can like, it's not Oscar. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. yeah. It's not Oscar style. Mm-hmm. It's just, I good. thought set design. What is it in the Academy Awards? Is it set design or, or uh, production design? There's something about the set that should get an Academy Award, and I thought this, this might be this set's fantastic. House, like, these interiors are. Bananas. I thought this might be nominated. Yeah, doesn't it's the Circle for- of Knives feel like it should have existed before this movie? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Also, and it's it didn't a donut. feel. It does, you know. It's it's interesting that we have from Rian Johnson. It wasn't it wasn't close to a super dump for me because I I can't tell yet how well this will age, but it's interesting that he does have several current events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in this 2019 movie that will always be a 2019 movie. It's a firmly 2019 movie. Yeah. You talk about Hamilton. It feels like sitting in front of all the knives. Half of the people are going to think of Game of Thrones still. Maybe. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and uh, politically, I mean, we have conversations politically that are very much pointed at a specific specific person. But usually, if we're talking about like American politics, specifically the president. That stuff uh, can end up being more charming than saying, "Well, that's kind of aged, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that kind of puts us in in the time the time frame, which sure. this movie feels outside of time in general. So it's funny to have them reference actual things because you could you could have told me that this was uh, in the early two thousands or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the way Benoit dresses, but CSI KFC <laughs> is very yeah. funny. Yeah, it's, it's very, very funny. I, yeah, I think this movie <clears throat> exists outside of time in a unique way because there's not that much reliance on it's all house technologies. It's, like a, it's a one act play. We are only hardly ever in the house. We mm-hmm. yes, we kind of go out and about a little bit, but the house stands out. I think it's kind of fun that we're doing Knives Out this week and The Shining next week because I feel like I could draw floor plans for the. <laughs> The hotel and the house. Yeah. Um, but I something that I want to mention, I'm going to go ahead and super pump. Okay. Uh, because we've talked so much about this ensemble mm-hmm. and all these recognizable people. I I like to think Anna de Armas was recognizable to me, but she, I don't think she was when Knives Out came out. I think this is the first thing I remember her being in. Blade Runner 2049, baby. Yes, dude. But that's such a minor, like that doesn't feel like a huge role to me. Yeah, it's valid. I don't know. Yeah, I, I get your Danila, but do you feel like I feel like we know a lot of people didn't see 2049, unfortunately. Right. So this I was like it this for was, her. Yeah, this was a lot of people's first introduction. To take the uh not singular, but the main protagonist of this movie and give it to one of the most unrecognizable people that uh she feels very much like a uh Javier Bardem getting the role in No Country for Old Men. Sure. It's kind of like They've had a career, but a lot of it wasn't, you know, famous in the States kind of stuff. But yeah. for Rian Johnson to go out and put her in the middle of all this, she's my super pump. Cause I think dude, she's she, she held the most strings. Like if if Marta Cabrera is not one of the stronger characters in terms of acting, movie fails. This is not a good movie. It's really not. Yeah. Because we have to see her go through so many of I thought I killed him. Uh wait, I didn't feeling the weight of having this entire inheritance there's so, and then her trying to be a sleuth herself when she's not supposed to be. And without a good Marta and Benoit relationship, we don't have really what I, yeah. Yeah. What I love as one of the best themes of the story is like, you're just a good person. You won because you're good. You're a good nurse and you're a good person. And Anna Darmus had to be good for that to work. So she's She's my super pump. pump as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to super pump Anna Darmus too. Particularly her casting, I think, is very intentional that we go for somebody a little unrecognizable because we're supposed to feel like Marta, like a little intimidated That's by Jamie Lee Curtis and her Activia money, by Chris Evans and his Captain America money, you know, like by uh, by Chris Plummer and his Sound of Music money. Like the, <laughs> we're like, yeah, this is such a different world, even of performers than Anna Darmus is typically in. And so I think that heightens the disconnect between her. She's like, I'm just his nurse. Like you guys are his family. You like, we get a little bit more separation yeah. through some really intentional casting. And I think that was absolutely brilliant. And yeah. and not to mention, she absolutely crushes it. Her her performance is phenomenal in this. Yeah, you're, yeah, and you're going to hear this a lot from me 
uh, but I almost super pumped <laughs> on this episode, uh, just her relationship with Christopher Plummer. So, uh, Harlan and Marta's relationship, how it was blatantly, even though we get the, uh, at some point, Rian Johnson kind of points a finger at the audience and is like, you know, you thought this too, that they might've had some kind of relationship, but he does that in the form of the family that you hate now. Right. So yeah. it kind of makes you hate yourself to think that that would have even been a part of the movie. Cause so I did Jamie catch Lee myself says, being like, were you, were you boinking my father? Were you boinking my father? A uh, <laughs> little bit of Wii sports, but it, it, but that's immediately what they went to right in their weakness. But I think the fact that they were legitimately such good friends. Yeah. I love that that was written into this movie that we have our oldest white character, right? That, that has probably some certain assumptions that there might be with our young, what feels like our almost youngest. Um, and it, it's ambiguous. I love that he keeps it ambiguous of where she's actually from. We hear Uruguay, Paraguay. Yeah. We never get an um, answer to that question. Do we? Guatemala. We never, yeah. yeah, Guatemala. Um, but the fact that they were really close, I, I really like that in a friendship way. Yeah. Um, there's something else that I feel like doesn't get talked about much or at least hasn't in my circles which is the soundtrack to this movie absolutely wonderful it's so good ask me why the mr e theme is in g minor hey why is the mr e theme in g minor (laughs) because the knives out string quartet is in g minor yeah the strings dude the opening callie brought this up gross callie brought this up when we uh, we're watching it. The the movie opening, just the hard strings, the shot of the house, the dogs running, the steam coming off the grass. It just starts and immediately you're like, okay, I know what this movie is about to feel like. Like yep. I know the vibe of this whole thing. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. And I, I just think that the music plays such a huge part in that. I mean, we talk about soundtracks all the time, so it's not a secret that we love a good soundtrack, but like, I just feel like this does such a great job tonally and being like kind of creepy, being kind of um, mysterious. Like the whole thing is so fun. Um, yeah, it's really very good. And I, to be honest, have had such a difficult time coming up with a super dump for this movie. And uh, if I'm if I'm going to level with everybody, I still don't really have one. So I'm going to have to think of one pretty quick. Chelsea had one, but I can't tell if I want to use it because it's kind of, it feels like a, I don't know if there's going to be a good super dump for this movie, but the fact that the actress that plays Christopher Plummer's mom um, is younger than him. She, she looks, she actually, they did a good job of making her look much older than Christopher Plummer, but to assume that, so we know Harlan dies at the age of 85, right? So to assume that his mom was still alive, um, I think is fine because she just seems ancient, right? Right. She seems like she just came from the ground. Uh, right. So it's not really a super dump for me, but I'm, I'm just trying to tell you, I'm trying to be uh, out there with, with my actual struggles she, here too. I arose from the bog to take her place. <laughs> I like that she was about the nine window. coats. Exactly. Cause she's just cold. <laughs> Cause her, her skin doesn't work right anymore and her blood's not hot. And so she just needs... <laughs> Nine coats to stay warm. No, you know what? I changed my mind. I do think I have a super dump and I'd like to share it with the class if everybody can um, stop bugging me and just let me talk for one second. Jeez. Tell us. Um, to me, there is... Um, so my, I, my super dump, I think, is that there is a lot of coincidence here. Um, and the biggest one is... <laughs> Uh, I want to get real specific with um, the the housekeeper saying Hugh did this. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the, so the the problem I have is I am about ninety percent. I didn't check. I'm about ninety percent sure that those are two different sound files, and that when she is initially on the ground, she does not have the letter H in that almost at all. And mm-hmm. then when we go back, it's oh yeah, I remember that there's a letter H in there. She said Hugh did this. So it's things like that. It's things like. Oh, thank goodness we found her stash earlier so we know where the tox report is. Um, <clears throat> things like, um, oh man, like thank goodness that Marta, you know, throws up. And I love all of these things, but uh, to me, it's just the example of like coincidence can get you into trouble, but not out of it. Now, granted, yeah. I know that the trope reversal is coincidence gets her out of trouble and then she gets herself back in by being a good person. So well, there's certain amount, there's a certain amount of maguri to. Benny Blanc's investigation right, as well. Right. And he kind of uh ends up bumbling his way. Like he he's like, 
I don't know. It feels bad to say that he gets lucky at a couple of spots. Yeah. But there are, but, there are some conclusions he arrives at that he does not entirely earn. Yeah. And I think I agree with that. It's it's tough. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and do this to y'all. You are welcome to do it to me. But here's why those weren't my super dump. Sure. Is look, I'm pulling this directly from my betwixt my cheeks right now. Like yeah, I have yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this so, movie. Benny Blanc. The thing that we are, are, we're not super dumping on that, but the thing that he magoos into it is what every, like Poirot, Sherlock, I think almost sure, everybody. Yeah. So it's funny because that's also the tropey stuff too. I, it's tough for me to dump on some of that stuff because it did feel like such a perfect balance. Yeah. Like he's still being tropey. Be. Like there are ridiculous things. The fact that Marta pukes when she tells a lie uh, feels like a lot of things that happen in Tarantino movies. Sure. Uh, or the Coen yeah. movies that that is supposed to be our one element that completely stands out that we'll never forget that is absolutely ridiculous sure. and fictional, um, but yeah. And then the Hugh you thing feels like how we've had stories, story retellings depicted for this whole movie of like things absolutely change in other scenes. We remember absolutely. what they are, so it That's goes with that theme. So. Because we distinctly hear Marta, we hear Marta remember Harlan say. Turned before the elephant statue. Mm-hmm. After. Turned after the the carved elephant. Because yeah, what is something he, else what is he saying? Bef, bef, oh, because she's hearing like him that. say, "Yeah, yeah. but after." Yeah, he. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he says, "Be after four. Be after four. That's what it is. Be yeah. after four. Um, another thing like that, though, that that we're talking about, like the fact that she leaves exactly at midnight. Such a such a murder mystery feel. Totally right. We oh, just look, made it. We made it already. Like that actual midnight, basically. So yeah. That's great. No, I I guess I guess what you're saying is my super dump wasn't good enough, but I already did one, so I guess I don't have yeah. to think of another one. Oh no. I mean, good for you. I'm more jealous than anything. That's a bummer. Hey, you know what else you should be jealous of? All the cool stuff we're about to do over in uh shout announcement. Welcome to Shout Announcements, the part of the show where we give shout outs make announcements sorry we were joking before i said that that i am really bad with the sounds that come out of my mouth and uh that's why you have a podcast and a microphone i wanted to prove how good (laughs) i am at the sounds that come out of my mouth so that's why i just did such a great job hey you really have just propelled us into this we did not talk about what we were going to talk about a shout now that's okay i think we're we're good enough we will be discussing the winner of the merch contest so make sure you stick around for the end of shout announcements but before we get to the end we must address the beginning much like any straight line and the thing that i would like to talk about is patreon look we have for you made up hot fresh ready to deliver directly to your phone laptop smartwatch however you consume we have made special episodes for patrons only. Uh, for this series, we did review Scoob, which is potentially a bottom three movie I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hated the biggest mystery of Scoob is why we watched it. Yeah. the Doge's artwork is beautiful for Scoob, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and then uh, for, for the month of Chunktober, we, I don't think we've revealed it yet, so I won't right now, but the episode that we're doing for no, Patreon... Do it. Okay. Do it. Reveal Let it. Them know, dude. Our Patreon episode during the month of Chunktober is going to be Cabin in the Woods. Um, it is... If you haven't seen this movie, it is pretty wild and also yeah. an entire blast, and I cannot wait to watch it again. Kind of has the vibe what Knives Out does for mystery movies that it this does for horror. It's actually a, a great it's kind point. of tropey. That is a fantastic point. Um, so yeah, if you don't want to miss out on all that sweet, sweet content, make sure you grab three doll hairs once a month in perpetuity until you die and give it to us through Patreon. And then you can listen. By the way, I don't know if this is a concern for some people. You can become a patron and still listen to the episodes through however you normally listen to podcasts. It, you don't have to go to Yeah, Patreon's you don't have to website. have the Patreon app. Yeah. There's a specific RSS feed that you can put into your podcast player of choice, except Spotify, but don't listen to podcasts on Spotify anyway. You Unless you listen to ours. Or if you listen to ours on Spotify, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't if matter. You do, Every, like, if you are... If you are listening to podcasts on Spotify, you're probably missing out on the opportunity to rate and review on iTunes this podcast. I know I've had situations before where I'm talking with a good friend uh, and uh, we've been separated for a while. I'm trying to reach out to them. And then I look into my phone and I'm like, wait, 
how long has it been since I've known this person? Well, do I not follow them on Twitter? Or like, do I not have their phone number? Can you imagine being in that kind of relationship and not having that connection to be able to support immediately somebody? And that's what it feels like for those that we've, we've had kind of a... It's been a while since we've had a rating and review. Uh, and it does really well for our podcast. Yes, we have an illustrious five stars and 250 reviews, but we're also very selfish. It's getting to be the Halloween season. You don't just stop at one house for candy. We want mm. it all. Mm. And we're trying to get to a very... Uh, it feels like a very uh, doable 1 million reviews. But before we can do that, we need 251. Uh, but if you can go rate and review, it really does... Uh, it does wonderful things for our podcast. We show up on lists uh, in terms of uh, what people can discover through algorithms and when they're just looking for kind of movie podcasts and things like that. So among the many other things you support, please go support us that way by rating and reviewing uh, on iTunes. If we had planned out shout announcements, I'm sure the last thing that we'd want to talk about right here before Mr. E makes his dark and mysterious presence known and reveals the winner of our Mr. E merch sweepstakes... I'm sure that the thing we'd want to talk about here is how you can follow us on social media. Instagram is where we're going to be putting out things uh, like questions. You can submit your questions to us for what's in the box on Mini Monday. You can see episode-specific artwork. Our entire Mr. E merch sweepstakes. Merch sweepstakes? Sweepstakes. <laughs> merch sweepstakes. The outer space of sweeping stakes. Uh, that took place entirely on Instagram. Uh, and then you can check Twitter. Twitter is where we're going to be posting a lot of news stuff. Uh Carter's it's Carter's fingers behind the Twitter my fingers behind the Instagram and Jordan's heart behind both of us and so we really would love you to engage with us on those social platforms now do we uh we'll pass it off to Mr. E yeah Mr. E why don't you go ahead and hop in hello all my sloths and sleuths and sleeves and sleeves it's me again Mr. E and I'm nice now I started just trying to kill our host but now I'm quite okay with him and I'm extra okay with you if you got all of my clues correct. We begin with clue number one. Which two hosts shared the same favorite ending from the movie Clue? If you paid the closest attention, you would know that both Carter and Doge had the same favorite ending. Now for clue number two, if you've even made it this far. What series was birthed from Carter's complete disgust for an actor? The boys sprung a huge surprise live on the show, and they began a series called Thanks A Lot because of his complete disgust for Taylor Lautner. Clue number three. Which impersonation can only be achieved when Doge puts magnets in his mouth? Very recently in their Nolan series, Doge very dangerously, on the edge of reason, filled his mouth with magnets to do a Michael Caine impersonation. If you got this far, you're the new Mr. E. JK, I have to pay the bills. What is the name of Jordan's segment devoted to car-related queries? This would be during the Fast and Furious series for these car-related queries, all my little dearies. The answer is Jordan's Car Corner. If you answered all of these correctly, you were entered into a drawing. Thank yes. you so much to everybody who submitted uh, everybody who submitted the correct answers. Thanks to those who didn't submit the correct answers. We still appreciate you, even though you maybe don't appreciate us. <laughs> uh, but we are excited to announce the winner. Uh, do you guys all want to say it together like it's the name of a movie? I just sent you yes. this person's name in Slack. Let's we do just, it. We, uh, we entered you. If you answered correctly, we entered you. We assigned your name a number and entered that number into a random number picker. Uh, and so uh, congratulations to Holly, Holly Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Holly Wilson, you have won. Holly so. Wilson. <laughs> it's SNL. Holly Wilson, you have won. So reach out to us on uh, yeah. Instagram. Shoot us a DM and we'll get you hooked up with the merch item of your choosing to everybody else. You can also get the merch item of your choosing. We're just not going to pay for it. <laughs> Oops. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. 
ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, I'm glad we talked about Ana de Armas because I think she's fantastic in this movie. And I, for some reason, thought you were about to super dump her. No, my super dump's already done. No, she. I think she's really, really wonderful in this movie, and she was really close to my super pump. Um, she is not my super pump, however, unfortunately, because Daniel Craig is, yeah. and specifically, I will say the the full unspooling of the mystery scene, the donut scene. Um, yeah. I actually have a good friend who did not care for this movie and stated that it was specifically because he hated this scene so much and thought that the donut thing Ew. was so annoying. And I said, that's fine. I just won't listen to your opinion. You did anymore. say had a good friend, right? Yeah. I had a good so friend. So this is past. It. Yeah. We're not friends anymore. Oof. Yeah. It's the, one of the worst takes I've heard in a while. Um, and you know, if you're listening and you feel the same way, that's okay. You're allowed to. Um, I would encourage you to um, eat a donut and see if you don't want to hear people talk about it for a long time. Um, but I, I really just think that Daniel Craig, it's cheesy, it's over the top, it's stupid, and it's supposed to be all of those things. And that's why I love it yeah. so much. Yeah. Uh, Rian Johnson, some of my favorite trivia had a lot to do with uh, Rian and Daniel's relationship. But Rian Johnson... Uh, had not intended for the end and his monologue, Daniel Craig's monologue, to be as long as it was, even though that's what was written in the script. But on day one of shooting that scene, he had realized that uh, Daniel Craig had basically memorized all of it. Wow. And so, uh, which was almost 30 pages of Jeez. dialogue. Because he is, he is recounting the entire thing, right? right? Because yeah. he keeps going and then it's not done. And then he keeps going and keeps going. Uh, and so because of that, uh, he changed the way Ryan Rian Johnson changed the way he shot those scenes uh, and actually made them longer. There was going to be several cuts there, but because Daniel Craig could just go ahead and regurgitate all that information, no pun intended in this movie <laughs> narrative, uh, that he could just say all that stuff at once. He was like, Oh, this actually makes it better. You just go for it. And then also Daniel Craig singing a Liza Minnelli song in the <laughs> car. Sitting yeah. in the car. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's that's because Daniel Craig is a huge Liza Minnelli fan <laughs> and he begged to have that sung. He that said, is so funny. That was his request because he's like a Liza head. I don't know what to call what her followers. Forgive me. He's but a Liza bulb. Yes. Yes. I think that is just freaking Lucille too. That's amazing. Like the fact that he loves her so much. I've never, heard, I've never heard of anybody... <laughs> Loving Liza Minnelli. But Daniel Craig, James Bond. I, I love loves that James Liza Bond Minnelli. loves Liza Minnelli. <laughs> yeah, that makes me very happy. Jordan, I love that he's your super pump too. And he was he was very close to mine because our two probably biggest actors or, or maybe most well-known in terms of making the most money are Daniel Craig and Chris Evans. And I actually feel like both of them do a good job of not feeling like James Bond and Captain America Completely. in this movie. Yes. Completely. Which felt actually tougher, felt tougher for Chris Evans' character because he sounds exactly like Steve Rogers. Like he sounds, yeah, yeah, yeah. he sounds like Captain America. Right. So Daniel Craig did have to be uh, a little bit more undercover with that thick. And again, okay. So when we were coming up with the Mr. E voice, I was made fun of a little bit because my, my Benoit LeBlanc type, my Benoit Blanc voice sounded so much like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> Too bad that was Daniel Craig's inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry that I did it so, so good. well. You're so good. I love that James Bond's <laughs> two favorite performers are Lucille Ostero and a cartoon chicken. <laughs> Rooster. Okay. Uh, sorry. Get it right or don't yeah, get it at that's, all. Well, while we're problem. talking about, about Chris Evans one of the more famous muscle Chris's of the MCU. That's true. Uh, that's what the MC stands for, by the way. It's the muscle Chris muscle universe. Chris, universe um, yeah. Chris Evans is the nexus of my super dump. <gasps> he is the source from which it derives its power, but 
the direction its power is pointed is at myself. My super dump is me and how much I like Captain America. And it made me have a really hard time believing him as Ransom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not what Chris, an existential super dump. Chris Evans does an excellent job, but his presence <laughs> is deeply troubling to me and makes me have to grapple with the fact that that Captain America is not real and not actually Chris Evans. Yeah. So that's to me, that's the only thing I can find wrong with this movie. Sure. The the only thing I can find wrong with this movie is something that I would just find wrong in nature, uh, in Birds. general. I'm just, I just sick don't, of them. I don't just don't like it. But, you know, we talk about some of the tropiness of certain things. There is one point, though, one scene that is, is actually completely unexplained as to its origin. But it is memorable. But when we reveal uh, that uh, our person who's the help that's sitting in the laundromat uh, has been, like, drugged Dude, in the way yes. that... what is up with this? The spider. Yeah, why? So the spider on her face is, is very uh, novel, old novel cover yeah, of exactly. like knives out or something. It certainly spooked but me. This seems to. This is the only thing that I have to guess. Is this just a, a, a fear manifest? Like, is this a, a figment of someone's imagination? Did this actually happen? Uh, and it's just such coincidence. So, in all the coincidence, super bump, to, super pump talks. Um, this one stood out the most to me. So that spider even being there yeah. is disturbing, and I, I'm sure that's why it was there. Right. But I have no idea how. And this feels exotic. This doesn't feel like, I don't know. I don't know like the Northeast and the kind of insects that live around there, but this feels like a, the spookiest of spiders intentionally. Yeah. And it feels like it came out of nowhere. The spider looks like it was selected because it looks evil. It was real, yeah. dude. Was it really? There was a real spider on that was lady's it? face. Nope. Absolutely nope. Could not. Get me out Couldn't of here. Absolutely Couldn't not. Couldn't do it. Oh. Could not do it. No, thank you. <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, that's that's my super dumb. Yeah, I get that actually. I, I remember being bothered by that every time I have watched this. Of just like, but hey though, why? Like why though? Doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me at all. Really? I think what why would why would Rian Johnson do that to my eyes? <laughs> my human, my person eyes. There's a soul that lives behind these, and that soul <laughs> had to watch a spider crawl on a lady, and it, it didn't like that. But the nope. presence of the spider in the story doesn't bother me at all. Hmm. Did y'all read about who who everyone said was the funniest person on set? No. No. Michael Shannon. That does not surprise me, actually. I believe it. I completely believe so it. So the two scenes specifically. He has my favorite line in the entire movie. One iota. Yeah, of, I am not eating yep. one iota. That's Im- improv. <laughs> oh, so, good. And they, and they kept it. That's the one shot that they did of him doing that. And then also when they're having... Uh, Young, which we we haven't talked about enough. This guy's going to have a, I think, a pretty big career. Uh, Jaden Martell, Jacob Thromby. Dude, we do yeah. need to talk um, about him. Which the insults that are thrown at him are <laughs> laugh out loud funny. Absolutely. You just felt like everyone hysterical. was... It, it feels like when you see post-credits of Anchorman and all the things that uh, Applegate and and uh, Will Ferrell are going through of like what to call each other. I'm sure they had many Dude, takes of that. I have but- laughed out loud every time the uh, joylessly solo playing Wii Sports to a picture of a dead deer. That's <laughs> unreal. <It's> so <laughs> uh, but in this scene, when Jacob Thromby reveals what he heard Ransom saying to Harlan, uh, Michael Shannon in the background very noticeably throws his hands up yes. like someone just yes. scored a touchdown. Oh. He's like, yeah, got him. And they kept that. That also was just Michael Shannon just being like so into it that they were like, that is so ridiculous. Oh, that was, it. that is going to make this Dude, future film. I love Michael Shannon. Yes, I've never seen Michael Shannon in something and been like, man, I wish that was somebody other than Michael Shannon. He's they, and they got to use his, just, there's something about him that's incredibly intimidating. Yeah. Yes. They used it. They used it well here when we have the threat to, you know, of all the people, the most threatening did feel like it was his character. And that's just because cane, he has, yeah. he has a this face. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, you know, you think of him in um, Shape of Water and how awful he is. Like yes. Michael Shannon, he can, he can do a lot. I think he is, he is due for that, like within the next 10 years, Oscar. He just always does oh, such good he stuff. Feels, he feels um, underrated, feels weird because I think people know he's good. It, I think he feels underutilized maybe underappreciated yeah like i feel like he should be in more stuff and be leading more than he is 
because I, yeah. I think he's very strong. I think um, like the scene with him and Marta in the hallway outside of her apartment, um, he's very threatening and really good at that. And then you have, you know, like the funny moment. I don't know. To me, it's like, who can do both? I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it feels like early career Gary Oldman. Sure. Before he just became mm. the lead in a lot of things. He's just kind of a side character most of the time. Um, but you just, he kind of gets lost in the character. I think he does. Except I feel like he tends to kind of steal the show too, like Gary Oldman. Like, yep. Like he tends to be one of the most memorable people in whatever he's yeah. in. Dang, that's a really good comparison. Um, the ending of this movie has such an incredible payoff. The, the, the several endings. One, uh, we have the illusion of talking about that Ransom wouldn't know the difference between a real knife and a fake so one. So good. Yes. Uh, to have that slow-mo stab. And, uh, and Anna de Armas has a face that when you, when you dissect it, watching it the second time, knowing she didn't actually get stabbed, uh, it does two things. It, it looks like she got stabbed, yep. right? But mm-hmm. then she's acting so well that she's acting as if she thought she got stabbed. Right. And so that's, yeah. that's right. why that just pays off too. So... I think it's so funny. And then Ransom's last line, uh, which is just the expletive. He's like, well, crap. Like I've, I'm, I'm definitely going to jail. Yep. Like this is, this is the worst thing that could happen to me. But br- the brilliance, the, one of the smartest thing about this script is at the beginning, we have Marta uh, coming to the house and seeing everybody in the house at the very beginning of the movie, the entire family. Uh, and she is just a spectator. The end, the very last mm-hmm. scene when we have them and what a good shot, like yeah. what a good uh, it, it feels it feels it feels Avengers like, doesn't it? To kind of have the spanning <laughs> of everybody kind of looking to the same thing, but to kind of go through the family and they're all looking up at what they've lost. Yep, at the good good person, the good soul in this entire movie, and she's up on that balcony with. And they don't. And Rian Johnson doesn't even give you the full script on that mug, right? Well, he it's, he it, uses it says a horrible CG hand to cover it the first time. Does he yeah, really? It's awful. Oh, I didn't even really. Yeah, that? you should. You that. should. You should uh, check out just that scene. But yeah, he doesn't. He only shows the my house part. Yeah, the the uh, the role reversal I think is is so cool. Yeah, I love how that was shot. And they show you that mug within thirty seconds of the movie starting. That's yep. the, like the second thing you see after those dogs running. Yeah, it's just. I really do. I, I don't want to overstate and just start to spiral on this, but I really do think that this movie is genuinely brilliant. Um, I said to somebody the other day that this is maybe my favorite movie of the last five years. Kind of offhand said that without really doing the soul searching necessary. I don't know if it's my very favorite. I think it's in my top three or five of the last five years. Yeah, I could probably. It was so impressive. I could probably come on board with something similar to that. And the last five years had a lot of good movies. Yeah. And so that yeah. is saying a lot. Yeah. But uh, things to the game is afoot. You know, the yeah. fact that the baseball passes through everybody's hands almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the mystery starts when the baseball leaves the desk and then it ends when the baseball returns. Yep. Is All that kind of stuff is just so fun. The, uh, it's, so, it's a highly rewatchable movie. Yes. Which is yeah. saying a lot about a mystery that is holding so much... Uh, close to its chest, right? A double like that's twist what makes mystery. it a good movie. Yeah. yeah. What a twistery. And I think that um like things like the the disappearing ink between father and daughter is very unique and fun. Um when she first pulls out her other letters from him, you can actually see burn marks on the letters. Mm. Oh cool. Um Super kind cool. of lampshading the fact that that's about to happen. Um I don't know, man. I think you're right. I think there's just a lot of details here that as you um, as you rewatch, there's just more to appreciate than even the first time. But that first viewing is so sweet. Like that first viewing is so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, that aftertaste of the first viewing. Totally. Yeah. We remember we, I think, didn't we see this together in San Antonio? And, oh, we did. Uh, we went to that pizza place. We after. talked about this movie for like 24 straight hours after we left the theater. I'm pretty sure I ate 14 pieces of pizza. That I night. ate a lot of pizza that night, actually. <laughs> um, and, just like too much pizza can be good for the soul, bad for the body. Too much not rating a movie can be good oh, for the wow. soul, bad for the podcast. Wow. And so I wow. wait if it could be good for the soul, then we shouldn't. If too, if not rating a movie is good for the soul, well, we here at Two Chunks and Hunk, we do nothing if not care for your souls, yeah. dear listeners. So it seems like we got to get our story straight, <laughs> Mister E. 
Would you save us from There's ourselves? There's a hole at the center of this donut. <laughs> Mr. E, would you, one last time, take us through the scientific cinema a scale? The best thing they could say about this movie is own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. Almost the worst is forget it. And lastly, and worst, God hath forsaken us. Thank you, Mr. E. I'll go first. I am buying the poster for this movie. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know you liked it. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that about me, but I like this movie and I am buying the poster for it because I like it. That's my answer. You see, my decision is quite <laughs> simple. And it is that I will purchase this poster and hang it on my wall. We kill the Batman. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm buying the poster too. I, I do think it is so good. And it, is, it feels like a standalone kind of experience. Even though we know we're going to get... It has been announced that there is going to be a sequel of sorts. And Daniel Craig is the only one that's confirmed to come back. So. I love that. We might have a fun Agatha Christie kind of vibe, yeah. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm for it. I really I am. am as well. As much as I think this would have been fine as a standalone, I do kind of, I do trust Rian Johnson when it is something that was wholly his yep, to keep doing. So I, I'm, I'm very excited for it. Would you say you're willing to give him a blank check? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Amazing. I think um, there is something about this movie that makes me feel like it will be in conversation for a long time. Yeah, I think so. It's this episode. Because I'm going to make people listen to this podcast episode. <laughs> from here on out. Just from on here a, on out. I'm going to carry it around on a USB drive. Just plug it into people's computers whenever I see it. Hey, guys. Uh, how's your Starbucks? No, we've never met before. Can I just... <laughs> excuse me. Can sorry, I, if can you don't I mind, share with you what... And me and my friends have some thoughts about Knives Out. If you, if you Ooh, I mean, sorry, yeah, if I'll, you just, I'll plug it no, in. It's just, it's it just an automatic download. It's just an automatic download. I'll airdrop it to you. Hey, that's a marketing strategy we haven't considered. Just airdropping our Let's podcast to people. Airdrop our podcast to every person who's got their <laughs> airdrop on. If you're listening, go ahead and turn your airdrop on, except from everybody. <laughs> this concludes our Mr. E series, and it almost feels too soon to be done. It really does. Um, it was quick. It was such a good series. Um, I, I don't know. I've loved going through these mystery stories with you boys. It's been really special. Um, my... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to like make you uncomfortable. Right, dude, or like, whatever. Sorry. Um, what I would like to make sure everybody knows is that the next time we release an episode, it will be Chunktober. Ooh. And it's gonna get spooky. So uh yeah, I see Doge, I see your face, and I hated the sound that came out of my face as well. Yeah. It's not good. Um Make sure you tune in. The very first episode of that series is going to be The Shining. And uh, it's going to be some good discussion. To end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and what location our Agatha Christie-inspired detective would hail from and the accent they would possess. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I think my detective would be from Sweden. And would sort of approach things and be like, ah, yes, there's a hole in the center of the donut. Everybody make sure, please, that you check out the donut so that you find the mystery at the center of it. Please. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Doge, and my detective would be a space detective. Outer space. Many planets. Um, and he would fly from planet to planet. And every time he arrived, he would say something cool like, Donuts are a complicated profession. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Carter, and mine would obviously be Gungan from Gungan City. Mm. <laughs> oh no! Uh, and you can you can do with that as you will. I'm not even going to attempt. I do I think you have that. to. I do think you have nope. to. Hey, it's nope. 2020. We don't have to do it. It's fair. It's a good point. <laughs>
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.